Well, I'm not a millennial. They know nothing about Office 365. After a good single malt, you sound like one. What can I get you guys? Oh, the usual podcast whiskey, something unique. This is a well-stacked bar. We've got a lot to cover, Steve, so let's pace ourselves. Or an extra whiskey tonight for all those cloud technology heroes. That's just an excuse. We are the heroes. What are you talking about? Our podcast, Office 365 Distilled. Hey, Marine. Welcome to episode 50. What? I know. That is so crazy. Not as crazy 50. as buying something wish.com. No, I mean. <laughs> but that's ultra crazy. We've got a couple of stories maybe there later, but yes. episode 50, just talking. Episode 50. And to start off with our episode 50, um, so how. Dear listener, how this normally goes is every two weeks I drive over to Steve, we have a talk, we drink whiskey, and I just drive back home with a nice cigar in the car. And Steve does all the work, he does all the, uh, so he, he thinks about stuff beforehand, he does all the mixing down, he does all the, the marketing stuff, he, he just does all the stuff, and that for 50 episodes long. So, because it's the 50th episode, I brought you a present. Oh, you little bugger. I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. <gasps> and it's in, it's in a tablecloth. Uh, no, it's just plastic. But how, how, don't are you drop able, it how are you able to give me a present when we're in lockdown and this is being done over the internet? Um, I shipped it to you <laughs> with direct delivery from... Oh, this is pretty cool. Can I open it now? Yes, please. This is cool. I, I love doing this. You know, it doesn't. Yeah. I don't need this to be able to do it. I, it's a box, people. It's red and white. And oh, I'm, I'm only seeing the corner of it. But no, I hadn't. I was going to say, is it a Game of Thrones one? But maybe no, it's just because it's the box. It's not. Oh, look at this. It's a bottle of whiskey. How did Who you? Knew? How did you know I Who like knew? whiskey? <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. I could read it all, but are you going to tell me what it is? Or do you know what it is? Um, I, I can tell you a little bit about it. So I can't pronounce the name anymore. It's Artna Murkan. Something oh, yeah. like Adna that. Adna Murkan. That yes. looks good. So, it, uh, so uh, we both like Tobermory Distillery, we right? We do. Yes. And this is... So Tobermory is on the Isle of Mull. And this is actually across the, well, the, the water of Tobermory. And this is one of the newest distilleries in Scotland. So this is one of their first releases. So this is actually a pretty good investment as well. You but know that I'm going to open no, it, don't you? No, no absolutely. <laughs> it is meant to drink. It is meant to drink, yes. My friend, um, I appreciate that greatly. I absolutely do. Fist bump is legal? Yes. Nice, thank you. Well, that is a surprise. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Not many times am I speechless, but that was a great surprise. Ooh, yeah. now I want to open it. But no, we must not drink before we start. It is appreciated. Yeah, 50 episodes. I enjoy doing the sound work. Um, I have to say sometimes on a Saturday morning, I think, oh, God, I've got to listen to it for an hour and making the notes. But yeah. it's a real pleasure. And I hope people uh, really appreciate it. I know you do, and that's fine. I definitely do. Yeah. Now, of course, I have no idea where I was going to go with this. All that planning for this episode <laughs> is just blown completely out of the water. No, no, no. We've, we've, we've got some funny stories coming from Wish.com. Of course. It's that time of the year. 
Um, yes, where uh, people buy gifts at yeah. <laughs> and I, I have to. Uh, I'll start off with one of my most useless purchases, um, which was actually it looked really cool. You know those Ford racing jackets. Yes. You know with you know the Ford logo, Ford Sport on it. Of course, it's not a real one, but hey, it'd be cool just to keep warm over a sweatshirt. Yeah. So I thought, I oh, got. 12 euros, man. I'm not going to argue with that. So I ordered it. Brilliant. And it arrived within four days. That is crazy. But there was two things that you should know about it. First of all, you would expect that somebody would do a spell check on the word performance going down the left-hand sleeve. (laughs) There is an F in performance. It's performance. It's performance on the left-hand sleeve. But behind the back... Okay, it actually has no R's whatsoever, so it's performance. So it's actually spelt differently on the back and on the front. And it was so cool. So I kind of had to go and check the picture and go, no, it's spelt right in the picture. So oh. email, your jacket doesn't spell right, picture, full refund, got the money back. So it didn't cost me anything. So it's now hanging in the shed as a gardening jacket. But, yeah, well, of course, that's um, brilliant for it, yeah. But I love Wish.com. You never know what you're oh. going to get. And actually, that story kind of reminds me of, of people who are uh, putting these Chinese letters as tattoos. You have no idea what it says. So probably some dude in China designed that and he probably couldn't speak English at all. So he just said, yeah, that kind of looks right. All these weird looking symbols. Yeah, just put it on there. And I kind of feel the same with people with those Chinese texts on their bodies tattooed. Like, you've got no no idea idea what that says. says. (laughs) Oh, man. Pricks are looking at my tattoo. (laughs) Something like that, yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You bought anything for Wish.com? I did, I did, I did, I did. (laughs) So, um, you know that I'm also a watchmaker. I'm a certified watchmaker. So, I I dabble a bit with, with all watches and all those mechanical movements and stuff. So um, a few years ago, um, uh, uh, a jewelry maker that I was friends with, uh, so I saw this on uh, some National Geographic or Discovery Channel show where this guy had a ring with a watch movement uh, on it, like this naked watch movement. And I thought that was so cool. So I wanted one as well. And that jewelry artist uh, helped me uh, create one. Turned out to be just... A little bit too big for my fingers, so I'm I'm not wearing it uh, anymore. Um, but I saw this on uh, Wish.com, uh, same one. It was one of those free things where you only pay shipping. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it had a nice Hamilton movement on it. So I was like, no, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I can I can maybe just. And I assume in a Hamilton movement is something yeah, it's special. Pretty, yeah, it's it's a Hamilton brand. They they make really cool gotcha. uh, watches. So I was thinking, like, maybe if it doesn't work out, and maybe I can still like get some of that spare parts from it or something. And then it arrived last week, and it's a plastic <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's just a molded plastic, ugly-looking. I don't even want to wear it. I don't even want to give it to my daughter as a joke or whatever because it's just <laughs> embarrassing. So freaking can, ugly. When I look at these things, I go. Why did it not work out it was only a euro and that this would be <laughs> Exactly. I should have known. I should have known. Because if you if you try to get one of those old Hamilton movements on, on eBay or something, you pay like twenty or thirty euros. And that's just for the movement, but 
Oh, wow. Well, I, 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 now we're into stories about conning people. I have to say one of the classics that, that I heard in many years ago, in the old days before the internet. Remember before the internet? Ooh. Yeah, it was around. I was around when there was no internet. Yeah. But you used to get the Sunday newspapers in England and you'd yeah. have adverts on them for all, oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the, all yeah, the yeah, cheap lonely stuff. Lonely people and... Oh, yeah, yeah. And so there was a, there's a classic tale, and, and I know about this first, secondhand, not first-hand, just second-hand. Uh-huh, I know uh-huh. it from somebody else. But, you know, there was, you know... Um, uh, enlargement. Sex oh, no. clothing oh. magazine. Okay. All right. You know, sex clothing magazine. Uh, send us your twenty-five dollar check, and you know, da, da, da. in the small print it says, "But if we don't get enough people, we'll refund your money." So, the refund was issued, and you got a check that said, uh, "You know, da, 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 from the sex clothing magazine," <laughs> yes. which nobody in those days wanted to take to the bank and actually oh. cash. <laughs> That was that's that's so pretty they, brilliant. Nobody, yeah, they got all the money, even if twenty percent cashed it. They <laughs> yes. Oh, that is brilliant. Oh, there you go. Anyway, conning. We're not going to talk about conning today. We're going to talk about something really, really serious. Yes. Which is Microsoft's maturity model for Office three six five, or we should say, the maturity model for Microsoft three six five. Exactly, because it. I, I'm not. 100% sure how Microsoft endorsed it is. It is on the uh, Microsoft, uh, on the doc yeah. side. Uh, I know some of the people that are working on this. So Mark Anderson, uh, Emily Mancini, um, Sadie Van Buren. Uh, so those are awesome people that I uh, follow on Twitter and I just am in awe with everything that they do. So Moran is, is saying thank you for this now because he's going to piss on this a little bit later. <laughs> so he's <laughs> However... <laughs> that's one of the things that I learned as well because we, we used to like start a sentence and then we would say but this, 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 this. But then I heard in a podcast uh, somebody say however... And they just said, no, it's, it's the same thing as but, but it's just more classy. That's true. It's However, just, I mean, I, I have a statement so, I use often mm-hmm. with people. Everything before the but is bullshit. Yes. Yes, exactly. of course it's only worth one euro and it's got a Hamilton piece. But. but <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> However. <laughs> so I came across this maturity model because I was um, trying to work out a training program for an organization. And I wanted to understand Microsoft's level 100, 200, 300, 400, you know, on their yeah, training yeah, yeah. processes. Exactly. So yeah. whenever you go to a conference, hey, mm-hmm. this is a level 100. And I was thinking it's got to be well known enough to have definitions. And those definitions apparently go back 20 years, 15 yeah. years or 10 years yeah. or something. So they've been around. And I'm not even sure they're kind of valid Isn't that anymore. just like American school thing like 101 is the like your it has some, intro some legs in or there. something like that but when i was looking for that i then came across these series of web pages on the maturity model and, I, and we've talked I'm, I'm about i'm so amazed that you didn't look, hear about this beforehand because this is stuff that's like 10 years old or something i think no, it I, came out in 2010 the first version correct when to, when sharepoint yeah. 2010 came out yeah. now i don't disagree with that um and maybe i had heard about it but hey i this was mm-hmm. the time when i decided to dig back into it and it's mostly some of the stuff we've been dealing on the podcast that that kind of provoked sure. my interest because we talked about a, 
adoption. We did the ad car thing in the last episode. Mm -hmm. Guys, if you've not heard episode 49, you should give it a really good listen. Um, We suddenly remember that there's this thing called ad car that suddenly (laughs) keeps appearing in the podcast. There are so many really good concepts and they're all kind of interlinked with each other, but you just need to keep that big picture and just get that big bag of concepts that you can pull out. Maybe that that's what makes a good consultant, I guess. I, I guess so. Have but a then big again, bag of concepts that you can throw to customers and say, yes, but what about the ABC model? What about the uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 125 model? Or maybe uh, Master Yoda say, no, there is only one concept. Yes, there is no spoon. There is no as spoon. As they said in the Matrix. Yes. Anyway, so uh, so that's how I got into this, mm-hmm. and 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 it does follow an, uh, several layers of things. And what I like about this, and you've heard me talk about this before, you end up with qualitative kind of measurements. You know the feeling and how you get there. Maybe we need to talk first about what it is. We will, I'll get to okay, that in a okay. second. Okay, but I quite like quantitative. Mm-hmm. So I like things to be solid. We are Measurable. at that level. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Definition of done. I've done that, you know? Um, And so, consequently, this model basically portrays that kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. there's a number of documents around, and I'm sure Moran will put these uh, URLs in the notes as he gets around to them. But effectively, what this is doing is it's giving you a number of states or statuses that an organization is up to, to be able to measure their competency level or their maturity level. And and it goes across different things. It goes across collaboration, it goes across SharePoint, it goes across process development, yeah. and all those kinds of things. So again, you so get... So it's, it's not a tool. It's it's not something that you need to download and, and need to parse or need to run. Absolutely not. No. Um, but it is something that you can measure against. So you've got level 100, 200, 300, 400. And they've all got kinds of definitions that you sit next to them and, and work them to. And I, I really quite like the, uh, they have a definition here of, uh, you know, level 100 is, is the starting level for a new or untried process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. when people kind of step into something and go, oh, no folders, oh, metadata. And obviously you're, you're teaching them. Uh, a lot of those kinds of levels. Uh, and then once you get up to kind of level 200, processes are documented or managed by a central group. So this is where, hey, we actually have a managed metadata that's available to the whole organization. Hey, there's some structure around the typical kind of views we have in a library. I have a template on a site. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it's those kinds of level. And the class list is kind of repeatable. Yeah. So there's a level of expectation. And remember in the last podcast, we talked about, you know, at what level do you start teaching or what level do you know that the change is actually in play? And that is when people come to you and go, this document library doesn't look the same as everything else. I can't see the views that I can normally see. Yeah. Because their expectation has risen from level 1 to 100 to level kind of 200. And then, of course, you get to well, level three. Well, really, for the business, not really changed because for them, it's just SharePoint or Teams or whatever. It's just a tool that they need to do something, some some work with. So, so. when have you ever known that Office 365, Microsoft 365, even SharePoint is just a tool? It's always been something that drives change, and it certainly drives the way that you deal with collaboration from just a folder to a, an attached email. 
we, we said last time, you know, how do you stop people attaching an email? How do you make them attach a link? Mm -hmm. And so at some point, if you say, well, how do I make you attach a link? How do I get to the point where we work on this document as co-authors together? Yeah. You know, and, and that, has, that is obviously the next level up from the next level up. Yeah. So that's what this is trying to do. I'll go through just all the levels and by yeah, all means yeah, sure, sure, we'll then sure. disappear back at them. Yeah. So level 300 is a kind of where we have an agreed set of business standards. So we actually have documents in now. We actually have governance documents in now that people are adhering to. So the business expectation has kind of just gone up again. Right? It's gone yeah. up again from, hey, that's what I used to see, but now I'm actually being driven. And then you kind of get to four, which is in one or two of these documents is described as sort of serendipitous. You actually don't know who you're going to be working with because now you're just focused on the knowledge and on the subject. And one of the things that struck me as I was looking at this the other day was that, you know, things like Project Cortex, mm -hmm. you couldn't just go roll it out into an organization even if you train them on what it works. And even though it has all these great AI tools, I believe an organization kind of needs to be up at the three or 400 level, you know, to sort of say, hey, look, there's something new in SharePoint. Yeah. And I would, and I, my experience has said that I know SharePoint is useful to me, so actually I will put the effort in to finding out what this is. Ah, so yeah, that's yeah, where repeatability comes that. in at level three and two and four. So, so knowing... That. Knowing your level, then you're, you're, it's really important. Yeah. But then you get to level 500. Oh, there's a 500. There's a 500. Oh, okay. <laughs> and 500 is described as the optimizing level. Okay. This is where all of these tools have been configured and optimized by natural progression, I believe, into the everyday life of the business. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like, Anybody that uses Lotus Notes today is absolutely at level 500 yeah. because they've had it for 20 years. Exactly. And they've never yeah. moved anywhere yeah. else. But imagine if you could take that comfortableness with an organization that's got Lotus Notes and instantly be able to say, okay, now you've got Office 365, off you go mm -hmm. and not have to worry about yeah. it. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that sounds like an impossible dream, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Really? Um, no, because it... Mm, it doesn't. I, w I was going to say, no, it, it sounds more like an IT business, like uh, IT consultants. But that's also not true because it's like the, the tale with the shoemaker who always has the worst shoes because he doesn't have time to fix his own shoes. And with all the <laughs> IT okay. companies that I've ever worked with, their internal SharePoint or collaboration system is always shit because everybody's always doing projects for customers and nobody's really managing uh, the 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 real life uh, thing of of their internal system, but um, I don't think it sounds like a dream. I think it's definitely something that you can have, and I think maybe that's even where the millennials come in because they've they have they're grown up with all this technology with all these capabilities. I I recently had a, a really good conversation about uh, we're doing we're doing a file share migration for a customer um and i was talking to the uh, director of the company and he was saying yeah we, we've been trying to do this for five years and now we've got this 25 year old in the company and he's just driving this change because he doesn't want to work in this old-fashioned way because he's 
used to all this technology and he just wants to drive all these new things he wants to drive views and metadata and and pages and search and all these things instead of just file shares with folders and folders and folders so i think you need a bunch of young tech savvy millennials to have a profound influence on the company and then i think you can definitely reach that level 500 i i find it interesting that you seem to be labeling the people that will drive your change as 25 year old millennials yes <laughs> <laughs> now yes. you hear those words back at you yeah no, so, I, so does that mean that your um your um um, what are the words I'm looking for? The group of people that's going to drive the change in your organization, the ambassadors, mm -hmm. are all 25-year-old millennials? No, they're not because they also need to have a certain influence within the company with the people that work there. But if you take a 40-year-old who has been working for 15 years on the same job, doing the same stuff day in, day out, they will know the process and the things that they need to do by heart because they've been doing it for so long and that's what makes it so difficult to look from the outside to the process and discover what could be changed or what could be improved in a large enough matter that it actually brings you to another level on that business maturity model. But how do you know what level your organization's at? So we've, we you've talked about individuals, and I'm going to sit there and play devil's advocate no, again. No, that's that's how we get yeah, these yeah, conversations. Because yeah. sure, sure, okay? sure. so, yeah. I think what you're talking about is bullshit. Uh -huh. right? as, as you know, today, and I'm as hoping you're going to change my yes. mind. No, exactly. that's fine. And we always start oh, this no, way. We'll get of there. course, yeah. All right. So you're talking about different individuals. And it's always easy to work out and say, John, oh, John's always the one to go to. Let's go and talk to John because John always likes his new stuff and he'll yeah. tell us whether it works or not. Mm -hmm. But John is going to be one six thousandth of the organization or one twenty thousandth of the organization. Some of the companies we work for, John is one hundred and twenty thousandth exactly, of the organization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So quite frankly, it doesn't matter what John, the 25-year-old millennial, means to anybody except... Yeah. The three people around him. Exactly. The the project that he's does the, the the projects that he's doing, the department he's in, yeah, maybe the manager of his manager. Yeah. So it's it's so it's that's, that's, that's a viral a viral change within the company. So how long how do you know then what level that he's at? Because if you talk to John, John's probably at level two hundred where he has a lot of these documented and sure, shared yeah, around. Yeah. If I go three offices down to the HR department and talk to Susan, and Susan is is still working in Lotus Notes because she refuses to serve yeah. into a site. Yeah. What level does that mean the organisation's at? And how do you but decide? Before you jump at me, how do you decide what level? No, that's okay. What level of training and program and communications you're going to hit into the organisation? Are you ready for it? I hope so. It depends. Oh, man. <laughs> this is 50th episode yes. and you still drop in there. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes well, that's yes. fine. I'm going to make a sport of it to just drop that every, every, every episode. Every so often. Yes. yes. Sven will be a happy man. No, but it, it, it really does because you can't train the whole organization at once because the whole organization is not on the same level. You will have sales in level 300. You will have HR at level 100. So the solutions, in terms of your change program, you are never going to have a consistent change program? 
Yes, you will. But it, it will always be different. Be, you will always have different details of different... Um, so it's chaotic then? It is. Then that's, and that's never going to be efficient and never going to drive you and the organization forward? It will. How because it you will see that uh, sales is now 100 and they're going to be level 300 by the end of the year. And then okay. HR is now level 100 and they're going to be level 200 because that's our goal that we're aiming for. And how are you going to deliver the training for that and know what needs to change? Because you're working together with them. You can't ex you, if, if they're only level 100 and you're giving them level 300 training, it's not going to resonate with them. Okay. It's going to be too much. So these levels then that you're fighting against are actually really important to your strategy. Kind of. Because yeah. how do you know no, that of course. sales yes, are exactly. yeah. more than anybody yeah. else? Yeah. I've got customers where, like for example, that one customer that I have talked about so many times, which is a small organization, 60 people, and it's divided in two parts. It's actually two organizations mixed in one. So you've got a, a Dutch part and a part that does projects for uh, African development countries. So it's actually two really different things but they work on kind of the same topics but one for dutch projects the other one for african projects the people in the dutch part are very level 100 when it comes to technology the other part the uh, part that is working with uh, companies in africa they're much more or m they they don't fear that change that much because they're more resilient into getting new things up and running and looking at new things and trying out new stuff and things like that but that's got nothing to do with maturity levels i might add or venture or True. suggest it again you're down to people how people are reacting to what's being thrown at them True, it's more of a of a change mentality mindset. But of course, yeah. you don't know what to change unless you know where they're changing from and to. No, exactly. And so that you need to look at the programs. Exactly. So you need to look at the processes. You need to see how are you doing the things that you need to do, and then we can take a look at how we can uh, improve on that. Okay. So can I work out whether you are for these maturity models or against these maturity models? Because it's not clear to me yet, and probably the listeners. So, where yeah. do you stand on these one to five hundred maturity models? I think if you're talking about governance and you're governing a company from an IT standpoint, I think these might they, these definitely make a lot of sense. If you're looking at how are you going to enable people to work together? How are, are you going to give them templates? Are you going to give them content types? Stuff like that. I think this is definitely helpful. However. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your eyes light up there. Yeah. Because as you start to think this through, you realize that it's actually crucial if you want to be able to have some level of continual improvement. Yes. But that, but that's that's the main thing. If you want to improve something, you need to have a baseline. Like how how is it going now, and where do we want to go to, and then you can improve to that goal. Okay. So you need so to check. How how yes. do you measure? How do you know what level they're up to? Well, that's the those are those are your KPIs. What no, do you want to? What do you want to? 
No, yes. But okay, also, so that's my question. No, no, no. Don't get away. You're moving on too for soon here. I'm asking okay. you, how do you measure where they are so you can decide where they want to go to? Otherwise, you can't measure improvement. No, I know. But that's so. then the, the, the question is, why do you want to do, for example, SharePoint? Why do you want to do team size? Do you want to make people uh, work more efficient? Do you want them to search better? Do you want them to be more happy and less stressy about finding stuff? Do you want new hires to be able to work uh, much more yes, quickly? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, 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 probably for all yes, of them. Yes, okay, yes. next. Uh, so then you need to decide, okay, how are we going to do that? And where do we want to land on those things? And then you can define what you want to do and then you can set up your whole training and your whole governance and your whole setup and all the templates and the content types and the da-da-da-da-da. So then it's it's definitely good that you can measure where you are right now and then decide where you want to go to and where you want to focus on. So typically, how what are you looking for then for an organization that is uh, at the lowest level? So level 100 people, what kind of things do you think you expect to see? I've I've gone through this document, so I've got some idea of where it's going. Yeah. So maybe I'll 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 break <laughs> your fall a little bit. Because <laughs> I think I mean, don't get yeah. me right, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not arguing where you're going from. It's mm -hmm. it's just so much easier to fall into the trap of saying, okay, we need to get these users into documents, and we need to get these users into content types, or not. Yeah. You know, and a lot of that stuff is hidden sort of behind the scenes. Yeah. But really, to, to be able to drive change, and we talk about the ad car stuff again, we talk about awareness, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so those kinds of things. So, let, just, so let me just throw some of the things at you that is that, that aligned with my thinking here. Mm -hmm. ah, well, I guess it just struck me. So the impacts at people that are at level 100 are things like a lack of consistency. Mm -hmm. across the organization. Yeah. And I, I saw that today. Somebody, I got a, a call today, said, hey, my documents have all disappeared. Mm -hmm. What do you mean your documents have all disappeared? Listen, I, this, this has got a retention on it that is up there somewhere, and so nothing disappears. Well, they've, they've gone. Well, somebody's deleted them then. Well, I, da, 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 da. so they were restored back by somebody else, but they wanted to know how they'd got deleted. Mm -hmm. And they were in folders, and somebody decided that they didn't like the folders, so they deleted the folders. And, of course, they didn't realize then that that deleted all the content, and all of a sudden there's no documents in there. So That's weird. So and it's surprising, <laughs> isn't it? And yet I, yeah. I had, mm -hmm. in the same afternoon, yeah. migrating uh, a site from on-premise to the cloud, and their content types and metadata field are so complex that you know we wanted to make sure we got all of the versions in. We didn't want to miss any. We got document ID enabled. Uh, we had a number of managed metadata. And the problem I was having with, with, with that, or the problem that we were seeing with that, was that their local content type in their local library had got local site columns that weren't registered in the content type at the top level of the site. So even though I gotcha. thought I had this yes. person there, you know. So there's no consistency. So migrating an organization with no consistency from SharePoint 2010 to cloud, you have those kinds of problems. So yep. lack of consistency, frustrated and confused users. Because yep. some people get on board and some people don't, which is mm -hmm. my problem with your first example, really, where John is smart and everybody works kind of around it mm -hmm. um, and, and others don't. I get that. Because um, John 
is being seen as a smart guy and he's got the uh, trust of the people around him and he is able to explain it to them in their own language so they get what he's doing and they're on board. Well, they're not. They Because he only teaches in the bits that are important to him. Yes. But that may be different to what's important to somebody absolutely, else. Absolutely, absolutely, so, yeah. So, so to be able to really improve as an organization, yeah. to be able to collaborate across departments, you can't just have islands of expertise. That's no, true. Otherwise, it won't work. So that's that's one of the, the symptoms yeah. here. There's confusion. In, inability to meet any kind of compliance, um, gaps mm-hmm. in coverage. Which, yeah. you know, they're typically kinds of things. Poorly considered, incorrect, and misleading communications, yep. which is possibly about misunderstanding and all those kinds of things. I've got another example for you as well. So I was contacted uh, by a small uh, insurance company, six people, and they have now been working with Dropbox, and they've got Office 365 licenses, and they now want to start move, start working in SharePoint. But they're only six people. So... How far do you want to go to put all that work in for a company that doesn't want to pay all that money and be all that involved and all that governed and all that uh, overhead that comes with managing a SharePoint at a level 400? But wouldn't it be easier if you've only got to get six people involved? So wouldn't it be easy to be the manager to turn around and say, look, this is not going to cost you a lot of money. I come in one day a month, and I'll work out where they're at. I'll leave you some documentation. Uh, we'll show them some new tips and tricks, and we'll make sure that you're all, and my, you know, so you're you go all up from to speed. level hundred to one hundred and five to one ten to anybody that comes in to the organisation instantly mm-hmm. gets tied into whatever level that that team is at. My experience with SharePoint right from the early days when, when it first first came out, 2001 and 2003, was um, that there was a numbers game. Um, if it was 10 people, 15 people, it was really quick and easy to get everybody up to speed and running with what were very fundamental basic tools yep. of, uh, you know, uh, document libraries and, and stuff like yeah, that. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and kind of up to, up to there and up to about 50 or 60, it then got difficult. And then after 50, 60, 100 people and above, you then had to have a different level of approach to it to be able to get the sure. information yeah. out there. So yeah. so there is an, an, an in terms of numbers. So yes, when there's six people, they don't want to you know, be... Uh, they want, don't they want, want to, to define 50 content types and three site templates so and whatever. it's relatively simple yeah. to do. But they can still go through all of all of these levels. But yes, okay, serendipity at level 500 is probably irrelevant for them because it's still easier to shout across the office. Yes, um, exactly, yeah. But yeah. but these symptoms that we're talking about here, confusion and, and lack of standards, that mean we've seen them so often and so real. And if you yeah. see them within a department, like, you know, the one down the road that doesn't have the millennial in there, the, the super mm-hmm. user, then at least you need to go in there and you can put some basic stuff in and say, look, you know, okay, document libraries should be operated like this. Uh, any problems? And look, there's some training material here. Yeah. There's some one pages that you can refer to here. What do you do about SharePoint Online being a moving, how do you call that, a moving needle? 
because moving target. Always, yeah, moving target. Because we've always got new stuff in there, always new stuff coming. Like for example, now you've got next to so you've got a document library with documents. You've got that sharing icon. Now you've got that add to OneDrive icon. But I think that if you've got a common set of understanding across the organization, so if you're now at level 200 or 300, for, even, for mm -hmm. example, yeah. where there is a common level of understanding at some level, then when you bolt that, those extra stuff on and those features on, they either get excited about them or they ignore them. But mm -hmm. at least you've got common levels of, net of communication across the organization. And so at level one, we talked about confusion. At yeah. level two, then uh, communications often don't expect, they don't follow things like layouts and styles and stuff. But there is a central set of policies that may exist managed by the IT department. Yeah. Okay, but there's no shared understanding across them. But at no. least every time somebody comes up with an issue, you can go, yeah, look, you'll find it here. You'll find it there. And then you're growing to that level three version, which is where you deal with, with those changes, mm -hmm. which is where everything is kind of well-defined and agreed as a standard process. So everybody that we work with, we are trying to get them to level 300, where they understand what metadata is. They understand how a document library should work. They understand the implications of synchronizing content down to their laptop. And they understand what will happen if they delete something. They yeah. understand the retention policies generally, you know. I'm trying to delete something, it won't delete. Yeah, we don't allow delete. So if you delete it, it'll always end up being there and it'll get copied and it will, you know. Mm -hmm. So so those kinds of understandings end I up get coming that. across. But, but what are the, shouldn't it be driven by by business benefits? And shouldn't you first say, like, this is what we want our business or how we want our business to run in yeah, our Office 365, Microsoft 365? Absolutely, it should be. So the standards that you create, if you're aiming to get them to level 300 where there's a series of consistency, mm -hmm. that consistency is based upon what brings the biggest value to the user. Yeah. Because without that, business value there's no point actually being there in the first place so there's a, a certain um agile process but yes there is, i like value you know yeah. I, i'm very much into the agile process yeah. that says um the, you get the most value out of a sharepoint site uh, if you have uh, one or two common sets of terms you use across the organization to describe the content, yeah. um, for example, and search terms that are consistent and, you know, so those kinds of things, yes, they, they, they do add value. Mm -hmm. And of course, it needs to be flexible enough so that the research and development team that needs to be able to have a good knowledge base is working at their efficiency compared to the finance team that really need to have their metadata in a good structured order for audit purposes and to be able to run reports and, and all those kinds of things. And HR obviously need to see their content around people. But, but those are not three different things. They're all working within a set of content architecture because sure. everybody needs a bit of HR to get value out of it. Managers have to do assessments and uh, yeah. everybody is auditable regardless of you know what start of the process is. Um, everybody needs some structure, whether in sales or whether in finance, and everybody needs a kind of innovation or new ideas or whatever. So the value to me is always at that level. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So the kinds of things at the 300 level, um, 
a kind of good communication supported everywhere. How you mm -hmm. can send attachments and links and share stuff and stuff like this. Um, some idea of prioritizing. So this idea that I can now boost this document into my document library and it ends up, you know, yeah. being shown to where I can I can send news and make sure that everybody gets to see it. There's those clear paths of communications, um, and uh, mostly manual, very little workflow at this point in time, or not an excessive amount of workflow. Mm -hmm. Level 300 is everybody's minimal, I think. It should be. I think if you really want to work with Microsoft 365 and you want to get proper value out of it, you need to be at least level 2. And how many businesses understand that? Well, I don't think the question is how many businesses. It's more like how many IT or IT departments understand that and want to drive their organization to be there as well instead of just fixing old wounds over and over again, but really drive the change and go forward. But do you not think it's our job in our community of, of Microsoft 365 and the businesses we work with, whether I'm permanently or whether I'm a consultant, to actually make sure the organization is using all of its resources as efficiently as possible? Absolutely. Yeah. And unless you reach level 300 in a way that you can measure it and see that it's working, across the board, then that efficiency is not going to be there. That's true. But it, this this whole story also kind of reminds me of, of the productivity score that we okay. now have in, in, in Microsoft 365 or that is now being toned down a little bit after all the, the setback they had around uh, security. Um, so it, it, what I love about productivity score, just like secure score, is that you've got, you get numbers and you see, okay, this is how many people have been using more than one way of communicating with each other, for example. So you get points for that. And you actually see that visually in a graph, you get a tool. You don't need to do anything for that. You actually see it in a tool. And you can measure, or the system measures how productive and how profound they are using their Microsoft 365 tools um, to actually do something. And yeah. I think that kind of makes sense because then you say, if we're now starting a project to make our search work better, and then if you can actually see that people are uh, searching more, finding information more, then you've got this measurable outcome that you can say, okay, people are now finding their documents faster. So we, we made a progress for the company and we there's probably some monetary benefit that you can align to that for the company and that is something that i'm kind of missing here this is this is actually coming from the it standpoint saying okay we want to work with microsoft 365 and we want to do really cool things for a company but i'm kind of missing the the company side and the company benefit part of that whole setup and why does your productivity score give you that See the productivity Long score. Silence. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. Yeah. I, I think I mean, what you say is absolutely right. You know, as a as a individual or whatever, I do something in a certain way, and if ninety nine percent of the company do something in a certain way, it tells us something about the organisation. Okay. Yeah. But let's assume we have that productivity score. How do we know whether that is a good thing or a bad thing, and what's the next step? Yeah, but then that shows you. Okay, we're lacking. In 
this specific Again, like, based, collaboration, based for example, based upon the set of uh, reports and analytics that Microsoft gets from the system. Based upon? So having Based upon number, what people are actually so doing day to day. Is your car a good car? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So you love your Lotus. Oh, yes, I do. And, yes. and I would love your Lotus, but probably yeah. only for two hours. Yeah. Because I know that if I haven't got a good sound system in there, yeah. I know that if I've not got a decent heater keeping my toes I just warm, wanted to say there's a V6 sound engine thing exactly. that is zipping behind your ears. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. I get, I get it and I yeah, love yeah. those sort of things. But eventually I know that for me, comfort, I prefer to have the same kind of car, but pay the money yes. and, and, exactly. and, I, and yeah. I like my Alpha. Yeah. So how do we know whether your car is better than mine? It's not. It's It's got a totally different purpose. Okay, so I now come back. And, and we're both different people. All right, so we're I now come back to how do you define whether my productivity score is good for my company or bad for my company if I don't actually understand the maturity level of my organization. So the idea of the... I think your what you say about productivity score is absolutely spot on. But However, you, no, no, and if you add it to the product to this kind yes. of maturity model mm -hmm. and start working them together, then I think you can start to get real value. I I, I so totally in, agree. So I in totally some ways, yes. the measurement is one thing, yeah. but I have no way of knowing where to go next because I have because it's all relative. So hey, great, yes, people are finding their content faster. So We've just rolled out search, then that's showing me that search is working. Mm -hmm. But is that telling me whether the organization knows where they want to go to next and the next things that they can do? And unless you actually have a, a scale to log into, to key it into, yeah. you have no idea whether you should now stop. Hey, let's cancel all the consultants, let's cancel all the improvement programs because we're actually We've there. We've reached peak performance. But what is there? Yeah. So without this kind of model... I honestly don't. You don't actually know where you're where you're at. Yes, but I, IT is a service to the business. So the business, you need to work together with the. We've talked about this before, but you need to work together with the business to see how IT could serve the business to work their best way to to reach that peak performance moment. To an extent, yes. The problem we have in this world is that. The business don't know it all, and IT doesn't and know it all. And they don't care about compliance, security. No, and IT uh, don't really yes. ne necessarily know about regulatory yeah. compliance and yeah. all those kinds of things. Mm. So, yes, I think the way the world is, they definitely need to, to work together to make sure that, that, uh, sure. that is yeah. true. Yeah. But if you take a look at these maturity models, they're all really about the way people are interacting with each other and their perception of that Microsoft 365. Yep. So, as I said, uh, basically mostly manual mechanisms are in place for scheduling, communicating, updating, removing, or getting rid of stuff. So we actually have some kind of retention in. Um, and again, that's very typical for that area uh, around that level 300. Um, and there's some impacts on the business. So there's impacts in terms of you know better and improved communications better improved collaboration because you know not only is it they know the tools they're mm -hmm. actually we're actually seeing them being used yeah and you've got to say that 
you've got to get to level 300 regardless and re it doesn't matter whether it's performance Absolutely. Or anything else. that's Absolutely. where you need to get yes. to so otherwise then, you're using SharePoint as a file share probably yeah exactly mm -hmm. oh. you're paying a lot of money to you're, you're paying a Ferrari to tow a lorry or something yeah yeah I mm -hmm. think so yeah. so you, then you talked about um, how do you deal with all those new things that come around the corner? Yes. And that's, I think, when, according to this, and again, I, I'm kind of becoming more and more happy with this as I read more and more, and I, I got more and more into it. Kind of at the level 400, we're not at the top yet, mm -hmm. we then get to what they kind of describe as the managed level. And that's where all those kind of communications are in place, all of those um, Everything happens changing there. Automatically. Yeah, yeah, kind of in that you that you do actually have kind of agreed processes and communication processes in place so they know that there's regular updates and when they're actually going to happen. So they um, they know what the regular newsletters are that are coming out. They know how they can see the governance documents and the guidelines. They have some feedback and they know how they can add improvement uh, into IT and how IT can advise the business about new things coming around the corner. Project Cortex. One of the biggest questions with Project Cortex in my mind when when we look at this, have I after getting past the wow factor and uh -huh. hey, this is brilliant, is how do I go to the business and tell them about this? How do you wanna excite them about this amazing opportunity that's coming around the corner? The IT say, hey, we can now do this. Yes, and they go. Well, yeah, not but sure all we're that extra work. That. All well, that the idea is not work. extra work. We don't know whether we get value from it. Yeah. So, actually, ha being at level 400, where governance and security is in place, where information architecture is kind of understood, where some things are forced on them, like certain, uh, again, metadata, metadata and templates types, and, and yes. those kinds of things. Those things where people say, I don't want to fill that in, that's way too difficult. And then you get to this level, the impacts. At this level 400, users have a high degree of trust in organizational communications. So when they're at this level and you yeah. turn around and say, hey, Project Cortex is coming along and it is going to have this and this is where you can get the videos, they trust you. They don't go, yeah, it's freaking IT talking again. Yeah, And that's another measurable, isn't it? Yes, that is another the trust, trust in IT. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you to do a bit of a twirl. Yeah, so you now have a red light on your microphone. So we, okay. we keep an eye on whether uh, we, we were looking about technology and uh, today and, and the systems having got uh -huh. caught before. And uh, yes, we said, well, the LED okay. must light when the battery is about to die. But anyway, so I now trust this technology. And I think that that LED is saying you might die soon. Okay. All right. So we'll, we will keep an eye on that. Yeah. But anyway, this maturity level may still create dissatisfaction in some users who remember the Wild West days of the organization when it was less mature. I hate formality. Yeah. yeah. So I like the idea of being able to. So, you know, getting to these levels is not necessarily just climbing upwards. And as we said earlier, you know, even though there are five levels, and we will talk the top level in a minute, the top level in a minute, you do have to understand what does the business actually need. They may never need to go past level three hundred. Exactly. Yes. I like it's, the idea. It's about it's about costs. It's about people. It's about putting all the hard work in because 
this is hard work where everybody's listening to us they're all professionals probably in this and they all know this is hard work and you can't do it on your own it's not about yeah. getting the technology right it really is about making sure the business understands the change journey that they're on exactly yeah. and the digital transformation going yeah. back to what we talked about in the last podcast digital transformation really is about getting people to the right level in the organization that they need to be at and now i'm wondering what if we could plot this on a chart where the x-axis would be the level of maturity and the y-axis would be where you are in the ATCAR. I don't know. I'll let you go away <laughs> and work that one out. Mm. But but you are right. Mm -hmm. the, yes, yes, there there is a, a relationship because one of the things yeah. we're saying is that you get to the point where people start to trust the technology. So we say at level 400, there is a uh, trust of the technology and there's a trust of IT yes. and the service delivery. It's not, it's and that's not, part of that yeah. ADCAR process. Yeah, it's not ADCAR in, in, in moving past one piece of change. It's really about having trust in the change management system and having trust in the whole Microsoft 365 environment. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we get to that level 500. Okay, this level of optimization, this... This is real trust. That's where that serendipity stuff comes in. Anybody that sees these documents, have a read through. It, it is well worth with that read. But once you get to that level 500, if it's appropriate for your business or for your organization to be there, then that's where, and, and by the way, I think things like financial institutions, government organizations, 500 is their target. Um, or university well, organizations, well, probably uh, less. Anyway, let's, let's not go yeah, there. That's yeah, an yeah. aside, no, no, really. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of the things that 500 brings, it brings a lot more automation and it brings a lot more reduction in those manual tracks. It brings a lot more process-driven stuff. True. Okay? Yeah. Because, hey, if you get to 400 with that level of trust, then to get to 500, where not only do I trust the technology, I now trust it to make decisions for me as well. Yes. Then that's where the optimization and efficiency comes yeah. in. And, you know, all of these power platform stuff and, and Microsoft pushing it forward. If your organization is only at 200 and 300, there's no way you're going to be able to deal with. A super cool power platform, a power no. app with a. No, no exactly. But, but that's why we get simple things like Power Automate with just a few little workflows to get you moving so those individuals can do what they want to do without necessarily having to take that one step into power apps and the full-blown power platform stuff. So, finishing this off, because again, we are 56 minutes oh. gone. <laughs> Which just shows, actually, I know we kind of poo-pooed this at the beginning, thinking, oh, well, it's just another kind of maturity model. But there's a lot of stuff in here that will both apply to doing what you've just talked about, where, hey, we, we're in a position where within yeah. the organization, you know, we can now play around with these high-level tools. Yeah. But, you know, trying to introduce those tools too early in the process really just isn't going to work. Exactly. And yeah. and I think understanding and measuring, and I'm, and I'm really looking forward to sort of digging down into this when I get more time, and as always, mm -hmm. um, but actually trying to understand what the level of the organization is before you can start to introduce 
power platform, retention labels, asset labels, blah, blah, yeah. blah, mm -hmm. AIP kind of labels, um, you know, content types, organizational managed metadata. Mm -hmm. You really need to make sure the organization and the structure and the governance around the organization is there. Yeah. Using, as you say earlier, those... Uh, those statistics from your performance, score. productivity yes, score. Exactly. But it's, it's kind of the same thing like with your thing. secure score. Like you've got a number at your secure score and then you've got some actions that you can take to improve your secure score. And then you need to decide which of those actions do you want to take? What do you want to, where do you want to put your money and where do you want to put your attention in? What are the things that you want to do? What are the, how, how far do you want to go into annoying your end users into making things more secure? But I think that's absolutely the crucial part of this conversation. I think you've, you've got it spot on. That when we go and talk to an organization I about... Did? You did, <laughs> yes. No, okay. you did. No, no. Yeah. So sound confident. Mm -hmm. I did. I did. Absolutely. I did. I so did when you're talking to your customer and you say, hey, what is it you actually want to do? Instead of now talking about those specific things and giving mm -hmm. them core examples... We do actually have a kind of certified model from the owner of the product where we can say, look, where is it you actually want to be at? You know, at the 100 level where users are confused and they've got no real direction being given to them. Do you actually want to be at your level 200 where people start to understand there is a place to get their content? So yes, your IT department needs to put some kind of work in there. We need to identify where we're going to measure. Do you want them to be at your 300 level? You know, and I honestly think that's the minimum. And, da -da 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 -da. and all of a sudden, you can start to give them the quote and the invoice and everything else and say, I can get you there. Okay, and we can do it with the business and all those kinds of things. And that, I think, is where this model fits because it's all about business focus. It's about the users and their capabilities. See? And that, I think, this is key. See, and that is the most interesting thing you've said all hour. I was just working now, you there, my friend, because now, now you understand it. <laughs> now I get it. Now I get it. I was just thinking way too practical while this Agreed. is a management discussion. You, we, we had briefly talked earlier about uh, a meeting you had with one of your clients and yeah. about where you're going to go next year. Yeah. Okay. And this is what that organization needed to look at and say, okay, exactly. within your organization, where is it you need to be? Yeah. And then that's, that's where I fit in and they fit in and this team fits in because exactly. we're all aiming to get you there. And you know, roughly, I think you're here at the moment. What, we're only there? Yeah, I honestly think you are because look at the tickets you get from your help desk. It's asking questions around this. They don't know where the information is. They can't understand how to resolve that. Mm -hmm. They're still preferring to use their old content that they're comfortable with because they're not comfortable enough at the 200 level yet. You know, blah, blah, blah. So I honestly think that in this somewhere, there's some nice little charts and measurement techniques to put into place. So. I, I totally get the value of it now. All right, yeah. cool. Well... What um, a nice way to round up our 50th episode. It's good. Nice. I, I think it's, oh, uh, I think it's important. Yes. Now, the really way we should round this up is by talking about something unusual to drink. And you yes. have provided such. Well, now, I, of course, I actually have a bottle of Arda Namorkan. Arda Namorkan. But that's not what you want yeah. to talk about, is no. it? No, it's true. I actually wanted to talk about this super cool-looking bottle... It does um, look cool, I have to yes. say. So we're going back to Scotland um, um, once more. Um, we're going to the Isle of Arran. Arran. And they they already make 
beautiful whiskey. They just opened up their second distillery there. Ooh, Aaron. Oh, the yes. distillery called Aaron. Yes, okay. exactly. So they now have two distilleries on Aaron. Um, they just opened up like last year, two years ago, maybe, or three years ago, maybe. Um, so there's a new one as well. Now, we're not going to taste that one. This is the peated version of the uh, Aaron uh, whiskey, single malt, and it's called the Macrimore. Macrimore. Yeah, and they do I'm this probably, as a special. I'm probably pronouncing that way <laughs> no, that's wrong okay. as well. Uh, but this this is a, a special release every year. They do a, a yes, new edition. Exactly. So this uh, is uh, the 2017 release. So the eighth edition. Uh, it's 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 just an awesome looking bottle um, with a dog on a chain, and there's a story behind that dog and a chain, because. Um, on the west coast of the Isle of Arran, there is uh, a, a, a peat bog, and that's called the Macri Moor. And uh, there are some Bronze Age um, stones. Can, before you there. go on stones, yes. don't just put the bottle down. Can you get the lid off while you talk? I can. Yes. I can try. So there's some stones. So, yes, there are some stones. And one of those stones is uh, very uh, well known because the legendary warrior giant Fingal is said that he has tethered his favorite dog to the stone. And the so dog is on the top of the bottle. Exactly. So <laughs> it's a very famous stone because some dude tied his dog to the stone. <laughs> I tie a dog to my um, sunshade outside. Does that make it famous? And can I, I now have a whiskey the, made of it? Does the sunshade have a name? You should give it a name. Indeed. Are we working yes. on that one? Okay. And then every time the dog pisses, to no, okay, never mind. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. I agree. Not go there at all. I agree. No, so this is a very nice bourbon-y uh, or bourbon cask um, uh, single malt. Uh, good beating level, like 20 parts per million, uh, which is good. Uh, so you immediately get that smell, that peaty smell already in there and again we talked about peaty whiskies feeling like they should be dark amber in color and exactly. yet this is no but I, wow, I, I i kind of know i i kind of know why that is now because the color comes from those sherry casks and the this one is a bourbon cask so you see that definitely because it's so light but you smell it that immediately you smell that it's not it, that there's almost no sherry involved in this. No, and I, I am going to ignore my sherry hatred. That's my New Year's resolution: is I'm not going to bias myself. Is on. that because somebody said on Twitter that you were biased on uh, sherry casks, and that maybe your resolution for 2021 should be to not do that? Did I not see? I didn't see you that didn't one. Didn't no. see that one. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, no, I was looking at the one where you were saying about your bias in sway potentially changing, but oh, no. I saw that well, one from that somebody. Was, no, exactly. <laughs> so there was there was a, an answer on that saying that I oh steve maybe you should look at uh, uh sherry casks in a different I, way actually moraine that was mine <laughs> yeah that's what i'd said i would do oh okay <laughs> that oh, was the reply okay, okay, so okay. i replied to what it doesn't really matter but yes i am yes. going to change that that's oh, nice isn't it it is it is so i i bought a, a regular bottle of of the, the standard around uh, this uh, summer and that bottle was gone pretty quickly because it was just so good. So this one was on our list 
for a real long time because me and my missus we both like uh, peated whiskey so this was definitely on the list and uh, while we were shopping this weekend uh, we saw one of those bottles and we just decided to bring one home with us um, the uh, the combination on the nose of the smoke and what they describe here in these notes I'm looking at the tropical fruit I can get the fruit definite and I love that combination yeah. of smoky and fruity mm-hmm but it really is tropical fruit, isn't it? It is fresh pineapple and yeah. smoke on the nose. Yeah. So there's Very definitely nice. lots of smoke. And I love Very that. Very nice. Yeah. And it amazes me that something that is virtually as clear as water can suddenly give you such a big wow as soon as it hits your tongue. And the, the, the peatiness hits you in waves as well. It does, yeah. I love that. It's nice, oh, long I love that. Finish. Yes. Great finish. Good, full-blown taste. Um, yes, this this is definitely one of my uh, new go-to whiskies. I can understand that. Yeah. So, even though I like heavy sherry, things like the Editor and the, the Balakin, uh, things like that, um, and, and my Isla whiskies, of course. This is definitely another island, just like the Isle of Mull that's got Tobermory and the Lechik. This Aran, I'm just amazed by what these little islands can, can bring. Uh, well, they have nothing else to do all day except make <laughs> whiskey, let's be honest. <laughs> you look out the window and you just see green fields of barley. What can we That's use true. that barley yeah. for? Well, I have to say, Marin, I honestly think you have brought a perfect 50th celebration whiskey. Exactly. Absolutely spot on. Exactly. Because I kind of wanted to bring another one that I was Your wee beastie. to bring along yeah. uh, all the time. But... Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna say, it. I am super unimpressed by the wee beastie. We'll do that another day. Yes, we'll, we'll we definitely will. That. But this is just an awesome drink. This is hitting me with all the right notes. This is just. This is just awesome. This is just perfect. This is uh, spicy. It's got that vanilla. It's got that fruit. Without being overly sweet, it's straight to the point. It's a no-nonsense, no-bullshit, beaded whiskey uh, that I just like. I would completely disagree because some of the key words you miss there are things like subtleties and fruitiness. Um, it come across you saying this is a smack-in-the-face kind of whiskey. I don't believe it is. I honestly no. think that what's missing no. from your description there is an elegance. Yes, and a subtleness around this that exactly. really makes it special. Yeah, it's very, nothing very like the cool. Octomore, for example, that no, just agreed. gives you the the big hammer fist. This is elegance in a bottle. And the label is damn cool. It is kind of black with that uh, yellow silver in, insert with all the names yeah. on it. That's you know, to be nice, honest, this would make a nice tattoo. There you go. Where are you going to put it? I'm not sure yet. <laughs> All right, cool. So there you go. That was our unusual whiskey taste. It comes from the Isle of Arran. Um, 
we can taste great smoke and tropical fruit in it. I'm not going to go anymore. Pepper. You've already had these. Salt Marent and pepper. still keeps oh. catching new flavors out of, yep. which is all pretty cool. Um, but, uh, yeah. So uh, I will attempt just to repeat the name again. It is the Macquarie Moor which is actually a moor uh, on the Isle of Arran that it's taken the name from. Hey, the Scottish whiskies tend to take the name of places, don't they? You know, yes. Macquarie Beach and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, there you go. A, a peated mock, uh, sorry, a a peaty moor makes a great peated whiskey. Exactly. Yeah, the name sets it up nicely. Yeah. That's cool. And then... I really, really enjoyed this kind of conversation around these levels, and I'm glad we got to the same place yes. in the end of it. And I love the idea that we do that. You know, we come from different places, and then we start to see the value by the time we've thrashed this out in the end. True. And yeah. I hope that everybody appreciates that. And, and as part of what we do is these great, you know, conversations we have, uh, two guys in a bar talking shit about Microsoft 365, does actually get there somewhere. You know? Yes, and, yes, uh, yes. You know, and it's not just the whiskey. Um, I think there's a certain amount of, you know, look at your organization, find these documents around the maturity of Microsoft 365, 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, work out where you need to get to, get your organization and the management team to understand that if we do want true digital transformation, we need to be at this level here because that suits my organization. And that gives you a way of developing and a way of measuring it. I'm not sure yet where the maturity level and the productivity score and, and those things go together, but that's something to, to think through moving forward in terms mm -hmm. of those KPIs mm -hmm. and measurements. But, yeah. but that's cool. I, I definitely think that the productivity score is something really practical yep while this maturity model is more on a management level i think it's a target of yeah. where you need to get to it's yeah. a definition of success yes. yes all right in terms of your long-term strategic goals it's definitely a definition of success and from an agile perspective it's kind of a definition of done you mm -hmm. know we are at level 100 based yeah. upon these surveys or these communications or these feedback or the number of tickets we're getting are changed. Yeah. You know, I think there's great ways of identifying where those measurements are. So I really enjoyed that conversation. That was good. I knew it was going to interest me when I first picked it up a, a week or so ago. Yeah. And uh, I wish I'd had more time over the weekend to, to focus on it. But yeah, more than enough. And that great whiskey. So it's uh, Cy Steve here on Twitter um, where you can go and check where whether it was me or somebody else that told me that I need to in the new year, my resolution is not to be so biased against sherry casks uh, in my whiskey. So <laughs> we'll that's see. what I will we'll do. See. I'm sure Moraine can bring me one or two to taste. Oh. And I promise not to complain about it. Um, so, hey, goodbye from me. Uh, it's been a tough year. Uh, I'm glad that we've, everybody listening here, I really truly hope you're safe and your family are safe and sound. And obviously 2021 is going to be a great year. Um, I could sit there and talk about this finish for long, but I have a man next to me that does really, really good, long, boring finishes. So I'm putting him <laughs> in place now uh, to our podcast. So oh, Steve God. Dolby, Cy Steve says hi and bye and Merry, Merry Christmas. And Moraine, over to you to close, my friend. So this is probably the last episode that we're going to do this year. Uh, but don't worry, in 2021, we'll be back. We'll be back. Fast and furious. Um, bringing you all kinds of 
good content, bring you all kinds of, of great whiskey. So this was episode 50, which also meant that we have at least 50 whiskies that we tried and even more because when we were apart we both had our, our own whiskey that is true and if so, people want to catch up on some of those whiskies they can go to whiskeyatease.com exactly they can uh, get all of the mixes we started to build them up so yes yeah 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 so you're releasing them uh, yeah so uh, that's definitely coming all there so um well uh steve said his goodbye uh, i'm gonna do the same so thank you coming from macrimore coming from maran somers uh follow us on twitter let us know how we do let us know how your year was let us know how much you liked our podcast let us know if we've grown into a role if you actually you know what if you learned something from us this year if you really had this one epiphany at some point saying oh but that's what those guys were talking about on the podcast let us know. Let us know how we changed your mind this year in 2020. Because that is, to be honest, that's why well, one of the reasons why we do this. Like The number one reason is just to drink whiskey together, just find an excuse. No, I get it. No, you're absolutely right. This is but high on the list. If we changed your mind or made you think about something or changed your mind in something this year, let us know. And we would love to talk about that on the next podcast. So... Thanks from me and see you all next year. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy whatever thing that you believe in. Um, zombie Jesus, oh no, that's Eastern. Behave okay. yourself, Moraine. Get out now while you're doing well. See you all next year. Bye. Bye. If I give you a bottle, will that help you hit the road? That would be awesome. If only we could put whiskey in the cloud and build an app to download it straight into the glass. And you said I was the millennial. All right. Out, out. Thank you, miss. See you next time. Oh, Steve, you know what? You know what we forgot to talk about? Next time, Moraine. On the next Office 365.